Welcome to the Choosing Happiness Podcast with me, your host, Rudrani Davy, the Happiness Lady. In these conversations, we will be discussing an uncommon way to find joy in your life with weekly special guests. Did you know you could choose your happy? Won't you come and play and discover how these magical tools could work for you? Let's do this. Well, howdy, y'all. Rudrani Davy, the Happiness Lady. Yes. I even wrote a book about it. So I'm thrilled beyond the beyonds to have my next choosing happiness podcast guest, Miss Cara Wright. Cara, thank you so much for being here. Y'all need to jump on YouTube. She's so pretty. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. You are. I think you're a lovely lady inside and out. And I'm super grateful that you decided to come on to the podcast and talk about what we don't know what we're going to talk about just yet because yeah. uh you you've been in access probably longer than i have we're talking about the access consciousness y'all yes i mean and if happiness is partially the topic i mean that's kind of what led me to access i think it's been probably close to 10 years that i've been a facilitator i i don't know so is that longer than you well, I've been, I knew about Access in 2003. I actually became a BARS facilitator in 2011. I just kept hosting, you know, CFs for foundation. And then one day somebody said to me, you know more than she does. Why, why are you not teaching foundation? And I was like, I don't want to be a CF. Why would I want to do that? And then Right Voice for You came along and then I decided I had to. So that's my, yeah. Yeah, for you, it's probably well, X-Men, but I digress. What got you into Access yeah. besides happiness? I mean, I was like incredibly depressed. I have, you know, like I had tried everything and I was basically, um, I mean, my short story is my husband and I had been trying to get pregnant for six years and my day job was I taught prenatal and postnatal yoga. I was a doula for like 13 years prior to that. So I was like around pregnant women all the time. I was around babies and birth all the time. I was desiring to get pregnant wasn't working. And I was like, I had basically slid off of the deep end into being a big mess. And I nothing, you know, I, I tried everything to like, not just get pregnant, but to also like try to stay sane through the whole thing. Cause if for anyone who has ever had infertility, it is the craziest experience to ever go through. And I was <laughs> like, at that point of, you know, and I had tried all sorts of stuff, acupuncture, you know, meditation. I was a yoga and teacher. I had a studio that I, of my own. So, oh wow, you know, millions of different therapies and all the things. And I was doing, um, tapping with a friend of mine, EFT. I used to, t- I used to do that with clients. Yeah. So, I mean, and it, and it really helped, but it never helped long-term it like I would always kind of fall back into being incredibly depressed. And so she actually sent me a little like, I don't know, it was like a four minute video of Dane talking about, um, I don't even remember what he was talking about, to be honest with you. (laughs) And I was like, in such a state, I was like, I don't even care what this is. I'm going to go do it. And so I found I live in Washington State. And so um, but I live on the eastern side of Washington State, and I got online, and I found that there was a bars class happening in Seattle, like two weeks later. And I went to my very first access bars and foundation class with never having even gotten my bars run. <laughs> I just wow, like, 
raw dog dicks. I was like so miserable. And um, there was just something in that video, you know? I mean, if anyone, if any of you know who Dr. Dane here is, like when he, you know, when he speaks to things, there's some things that really go through you and it did for me. And I, you know, I went to my first bars class and foundation class and I didn't look back. I was a facilitator within like, I don't know, eight or nine months. I did it pretty fast. Wow. Um, And ever since then, I mean, I really haven't looked back. My, I just have changed everything and anything really. My life completely looks different now. Well, that'll happen when you, <laughs> once you dip your toe into bars. And just for those of you that may have never heard of Access Bars, maybe this is your first time for dipping your toe into choosing happiness. I don't know. It's 32 <laughs> points on the head. Well, you just, 32 points on the head. There's somebody that always asks in the chat, so what are y'all talking about? Um, that, you know, when you touch them in different groupings, it's like hitting a delete button where you're clearing thoughts, feelings, and emotions that are actually keeping you stuck. You know, in, in the world that I came from, we would call that cellular memory. And it just keeps it locked into your body that where you relive the trauma dramas that maybe are keeping them there, you know, post-traumatic stress or whatever that could be. I mean, and, yeah. yeah. So For me, I think what started to show up was I actually, because I was like my own worst enemy in those days. <laughs> like I had so many, I was so hard on myself and I had so many judgments about myself that I couldn't get out of that. And I was like being, I was destroying everything. Like I was actively, you know, destroying my marriage with my partner. I was destroying like my, like my ideas about my body. And it was, I was a mess. And I was like, I didn't really know in the very beginning. I remember thinking like, I don't even know how to explain this to people. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, that's when you wrote this book. I was like, I don't really know how to explain this to people but it works. And, you know, and then I actually started using it with my dual clients, which was a whole nother thing. Like it so affected people um, and gave them easier births. It was like unbelievable. You would run their bars while they were delivering? Um, Basically what I did is I started like having it be part of the service that I, that I, um, you know, that I provided. So like normally I would run their bars two to three times before they went into labor. Um, then, and, and I didn't even really tell them what I was doing. I mean, most pregnant women were like, they would just fall asleep because it's so relaxing. They would just fall asleep, you know, they would enjoy it. And I, and, and I just was more like, you know, if this, does what they say it's going to do. Because one of the things if you've ever been with women during birth is feelings, emotions, thoughts are like the antithesis of having an easy birth. If you are stuck in your feelings, stuck in some sort of emotion, stuck in some sort of thought, it's going to completely disrupt the process. And so I just started (laughs) running bars just to kind of see what would happen. I knew for me what started to show up is that because one of the things I was really stuck in was that it was this sense of like, if I don't get pregnant, because I had been trying to get pregnant for so long, what the hell am I going to do? Mm. Like, And so like, to your happiness topic, like, it's very hard to be happy if you don't feel like you have a future. <laughs> like, wow. And the future that so your you're future was, trying, I must have children, I must be a mom, I must... Well, create that family. Whole, that's that 
that's what I was focused on. And so I got to this place where I was like, well, shit, if that doesn't happen, what the hell am I going to do with my life? What am I going to do? Like everything seemed very hopeless and seemed very like, there's no point to any of this. And unless this thing happens, which wasn't happening, (laughs) um, there's no point. So for me, when I started getting my bars run and I started learning the tools of access, because like I said, like I, I became like a total, I like went through all these different classes. I went to the three day body classes. And so when, when I started to be able to have like a different perspective about myself, about my body, about my future. And that completely changed everything. Cause for me, I'm like a huge futurist, which I did not know this about myself before access. I, I wouldn't like, I just didn't know that that was even a possibility. And so for me, specifically not having a future, you might as well just like throw me out with the trash. Cause that is, it's like, that is one of the worst things for me in life is to not have this sense. And I don't have to know cognitively what my future is, but to not have a sense of a future, Mm -hmm, it mm -hmm. is like destructive. I can, I can, you know, I can, I can relate to that on some level. I always, I didn't realize that I was always following, following the energy or following, I would feel pulled to things, which now, you know, I, we might talk about as being like the light and heavy tool or whatever. And I've done so many freaking different things. And I, and, and then it would dawn on me later what I had created from something that I thought was just no, nowhere's land. I mean, right. the biggest example I have is when I was a film producer and I was representing a lot of different directors. And one of my directors ended up being one of the creators of this little known new uh, cable show, HBO. And one of the shows was a soprano. So he was like, the first one of the executive producers and it was all about content and stories. And he sent me uh, girl, this is how long ago this is on the VHS. Okay. Three episodes. And I was like, my jaw dropped. Cause I was like, Oh my God, we made these beautiful music videos. And now he's got, you know, this, the Sopranos and the one scene that, you know, I remembered um, cause it was so shocking to me was uh, when Tony Soprano goes into a restaurant with, the guy's um, Italian restaurant and he's eating his pasta. And then this guy comes in and he looks over at him and he, you know, kind of does his shoulder to say, that's the guy. And then um, all of a sudden he goes, drop. And they all drop the guy that he mm, nuzzles, nuzzles or whatever, shoots the guy, two other waiters, grab him, drag him into the kitchen. They roll him up into a, a blanket, pull him out the door, drop him in a dumpster. Sure enough, the, the guy comes around, picks up the dumpster, hauls him off. And then they sit up and start eating their pasta again. Well, I was mortified, mortified. But when I was in India, and as some of you may or may not know, you can Google my name and you'll get a quarter of a million hits on this one. Um, I was in a restaurant eating when there was gunfire. And I thought, oh, they're coming to take somebody out and then they're going to leave. Split second. You know, if I hadn't been so horrified. But to me, that's like being a futurist in a really weird way. I told everybody to get under the table. And there were only four people that survived that attack in, in that mm-hmm. in that restaurant. And it was four of the six people under my table. So g- yeah. give us an example of when you actually did create your your future, when you when you had that aha moment of, oh, huh. 
that wasn't it was never really any I mean I think it was just more for me it was like having more freedom to choose something other than what I had decided my future was it was like getting me out of the conclusion of what like the only way I'm going to be successful is if I get pregnant at some point and I, I do the thing that I've been trying to do this whole time like there was for me at that moment in time there was no like like quitting or getting out of it. And so I was like stuck in this like hamster wheel of doing something that wasn't working um, and wasn't making me happy, wasn't necessarily making, no, it wasn't making my husband happy, Mm. Um, but I couldn't like stop. I couldn't. And so when I started getting my bars run, when I started using the tools of access, when I started, I started to actually realize that I could choose something different. It right. didn't really matter what I chose. It was just that I actually had choice because I had created this no choice universe that mm-hmm. I was living in for years. And that wasn't going to work. It wasn't working. It wasn't going to work. And so that's really what started to change it for me. And I mean, since then, I've I've completely changed. Like, I don't have the life at all that I thought I would have, but I am thriving and I'm happy and I love it. And I know that I have choice. Like I can choose anything. And it's so weird to say, but it's like, until I really started like learning the tools of access, giving myself the, the space to be, have choice. Like I didn't know that you could choose something different. Like, I think that's the biggest piece is knowing everybody thinks, okay, I've chosen this life. I'm married. You know, I've, I've got to have a, a good job, but I'm, you know, I've got to tick all the boxes. I mean, it's like, and I mean, it's like a lot of us have very similar, like what we've decided things are, but it's like, for me too, it's like, it was so important that I'd be successful and like whatever I chose. I mean, I didn't, my parents were pretty like, you know, whatever you want to do, you know, Mm -hmm. you, you do it. But it was, there was also this very like, intense energy of like, okay, like you've chosen something. Now you have to succeed at it. Well, it's like, if you, if you're on a path, that's not working and you don't have know how to get off the path. Sure. It's, it's not easy. It's definitely not fun. And it does not create happiness. (laughs) It does not. I concur. So was there a moment when you finally went, Oh, geez, I actually really like my life. It didn't turn out any way that I, thought it would, but I mean, I, I really love this. stepping into all of the things. Cause I mean, the one thing that I, I mean, I've always been a seeker too. Like I have done a million different things, you know, like, um, read a million different books and <laughs> I've always been very interested in energy. I mean, in the body, like I was a yoga teacher, I had a yoga studio, but I, I specialized, well, I specialized in prenatal and postnatal yoga, but my, my thing that I love to do personally was like energetic yoga, you know, like learning about the, the nadis and the meridians and the chakras and all that stuff. So yeah. So, I mean, I loved all of that. Like the thing that I was really cool that started to show up was that I started to realize that I, I was a source of something that was really cool, that it wasn't like something outside of me. I mean, I think that's one of the best things about the tools of access consciousness is that they really do reveal to you what you are the source for hmm. in your hmm. life and other people's lives. But it's like, that's really, for me, 
I really got bored if I was doing something else outside of, you know, that it was like an outside thing, which most, you know, spiritual modalities are. It's like, right. I, I wasn't a good, I'm not a good follower at all. <laughs> I'm not a good employee. Like, try to tell me what to do. It's not going to go well for you. You know what I mean? Like I am, I have always been that kind of like, I, I will go my own way. Well, you're a leader. That's what I see. When you say that, I find it so funny because I, you know, I've seen you at work. You, you get to work on a lot of um, access classes and, and, you know, you know, your shit, you do, you know, and it, it's funny because sometimes it could, people might say it comes across as well. She just and I'm like, yeah. no, she knows what the fuck she's doing. Yeah. I get it. Cause that's how I was in film production. You know, if you're, if, if you appear to have, I don't know, any kind of confidence, sometimes people look at you like that bitch, what's she doing? Yeah. What makes her think she says she's the know-it-all or whatever. But I see it as you being yeah. a tremendous leader. And I remember Gary and Dane has said it many times too. They're they're the founder and co-founder of Access Consciousness, uh, Dr. Dane here and Gary Douglas. The reason why we even know each other is talking about all these things. So anyway, it's like, um, you know, they're always saying, you're the source. You're the source for creation, you know, and choice creates. You're the source. Money's not the source, you know, not having this particular job. You're the, you're the invitation. And I think that's why you were pulled in because, I mean, I watch, I would binge watch uh, Dane and and he is this invitation. He's he's in it for consciousness, which is what I'm all about. You know, I will. I don't know. I've had daggers thrown at me and all kinds of things, and I'm that person is just going to stand there and go, "Hey, I'm the source here. I'm I'm going to be everything that I be." And uh, well, I don't. I mean, I I I don't really. I don't have a point of view about intimidating people, so. If somebody is uncomfortable, I kind of just let them be. It's not It's not a little bit of fun. No, I'm just joking. It's all good. No, I mean, I just, it's just like, Well, know, I look at it this way. How people respond to somebody mm -hmm. who, like you said, you know, like oftentimes, um, you know, it's just. Oh, I piss people off. And, and I, I get it. And then I have to point to it and go, well, evidently I'm more potent than I think I am because I just being me. Oh, yeah, that's true too. Like when you do access and like you, uh, you, you like, I do a lot of classes. And so it's like, you do have these like moments in time where you, where you do become more potent. And so you, you know, it's like, you're a baby with the bazooka. You don't realize that, <laughs> you know, your tone has like gone to like from 10 to like 1000. You're, you're still, you know, you're still like thinking you're at a 10, but you're not right. thousand. So it's like, yeah. it's something to be aware of, but it's also <laughs> like, I, you know, that is one of the things that I like, like that I it, like, isn't the right word, but like, I enjoy mm -hmm. not having to turn myself down. Right. Right. Yeah. And if that I remember talking to, to Dane <laughs> once and and I was like, how am I facilitating these classes? How, how is it these people are showing up? Because half the time I feel like I'm running around with my head cut off or wherever. I wish there, there were two of me. That's why I'm so grateful for my yeah. team. And then he goes, well, it's different when you're facilitating because you, you drop all your walls and barriers and you're, you're that invitation. You're holding the space for your class. Mm -hmm. And it's not the same. He goes, he goes, there've been many times where I get done with the class. And I'm like, what did I even say? Mm -hmm. You know, and that was such a gift for me to hear that. Well, 
I want to hear about more of the classes that you facilitate and all of that, but I got to take a moment for our sponsor because yeah. that who paid the bills. <laughs> so I just briefly got Mandu, Mandu. I like to call it the electrocution workout. They do not enjoy that description at all. It's a bunch of, um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like a space suit with tens units in it. And you just work out for 15 minutes and it builds all these muscles in your body that you never knew you even had because you can't get to them in normal ways, but I'm going to let our sponsors tell us about it. So we'll be right back. Mandu is a boutique fitness studio concept, and we are actually the first FDA cleared EMS training uh, workout. And what we do essentially is that we will have a client come in, uh, we will hook them up to a whole body EMS suit, and then we perform a workout on a medical grade device called an eFit device. And that device will send an electrical current to their body through electrodes in these suits that we put on them. And this electrical current is just basically stimulating the electrical current that you already have inside your body. So everybody is made up of electrical impulses. It's what helps you walk, helps you move. We're tapping into that and making it uh, stimulate it more to where we can cause a muscle to actually contract involuntarily. So we can actually create resistance without adding a load to the body. So that is why we, as you see online, it always says ultra low impact. It is scientifically proven. It is absolutely ultra low impact. And we're back. <laughs> Sorry. I'm just so excited to have Kara, right? As my guest on the Choosing Happiness podcast. Yes, even wrote a book about it. Shameless plug again, I know. And speaks several languages. It do. Kara, I know that you have, you've been in access for about 10 years. I became um, a CF in, in 2017 because I wanted to be a right voice for you facilitator. And that, that's what was going to happen because they weren't going to let me skip over it. You know, all the things. And now I love being a CF. It's one of my biggest joys that and singing as you know. <laughs> so what is, what, what classes do you love to facilitate? Do you have classes coming up? Can you tell us a little bit about them? You know, what it is that yeah. brings your happy when you're, you know, I in mean, it. I, I, I do tend to do a lot of specialty classes where, um, the, the theme is empowering you to not turn yourself down. Like right now I have a call coming up that's called appropriately inappropriate. Oh, um, so Ooh. I have, so I do, my body just got turned on, y'all. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I embody that exactly, especially with well, my family. Well, you were talking to me about, like, before the break. Like, I, you know, it's like one of the things that's really fun about um, when you start to use the tools of access consciousness is that things start to show up that you didn't realize were actually part of who you be as a being. Like, like, there's things that I have stepped into and things that I realize I have capacities with that, you know, prior to... I probably either didn't know I had them, um, kind of was using them as an idiot savant, you know, function, like <laughs> not realizing what I was doing or being, but being it. And then also like this weird thing we do where we assume everybody can do what we do. And what happens with access, it's like, you realize, <laughs> oh, like I just assume everyone, it's easy for everyone to push that inappropriate button. Right. It's not, you know, so I've done like, I mean, I have a, I did a call last, I don't know, last year called rule breaker. I, I mean, I tend to do the kinds of calls that are encouraging people to not turn themselves down 
based on what their environment is telling them is appropriate or not appropriate. So anyway, mm-hmm. that's my next call coming up. But the, the other thing I do a lot of is X-Men, which is a um, specialty of access consciousness that deals with like all of those neurodivergent, you know, neurodivergent is the, you know, PC term of it now, but it's like, you know, autism, ADD, ADHD, OCD, dyslexia, you know, anyone who's been diagnosed with any sort of, um, you know, you're just wired differently. There's so many different ones. Now we've gone from, um, you know, having a few labels to a bazillion labels because right. people think the more you can define something, the more you can like make it better, which is the exact opposite of what actually is. So that's the body of work that I really love talking about because it's really interesting. I grew up my whole, whole life and I did not realize I was autistic at all. Mm -hmm. And there was probably like a two or three year period of time where I was going to access classes and it didn't matter what question I asked, Gary Douglas would always say to me, what part of uh, how autistic you are, you're not getting. And I'm like, (laughs) what is he talking about? I am not autistic, you know, because in my world, it's like, I've never been diagnosed autistic. Nobody's ever like even, you know, I just thought I was really weird. I knew I had OCD that I knew. Um, I knew that I was labeled shy, you know, like I knew school was really hard for me. I knew I was really smart, but like was in all the dumb classes. Like looking back now, I, I don't, I don't know how I didn't know I was autistic, except that I just grew up in that generation that you, you know, I'm, I'm a generation X. So no one, you just coped, you just figured out how to make it work for yourself. And, um, I had gotten really good at that. So like when I finally asked a question, like, what do you mean, Gary? Um, you know, and I started realizing <laughs> it, like all these things that I've been being and doing. And the cool thing that I love about this body of work within access is that it takes those disabilities and it looks at them from the perspectives of their abilities, that they're not, you're not like disabled. You actually have something some way in which you function here that is different and it is actually an ability you just have to learn how to use it you know it's like if you landed in a planet and you know like there's so many things that you could label as a disability but they're actually abilities it's Mm -hmm. just the perspective that people take so i love those classes me Um, too me yeah. too. I came this close to actually becoming certified um, as an X-Men facilitator. Cause I've taken, I've taken all the classes. I just haven't watched that last video. There's all these prereqs y'all that we've got to do. And, you know, and I'm, and I'm grateful. I'm grateful for them. You know, it's funny cause I, I'm a boomer. So we didn't even have those labels yet. You know, yeah. I didn't understand why I had braids down in my waist and I was always doing <laughs> this thing with my hair and, Oh yeah. Stimming. Like, I mean, and now I look at it, I'm like, okay, yeah, that, that makes so much more sense. Like, mm-hmm. and just being able to a not have a point at, point of view about it, not stigma, be stigmatized by something, but also like be able to explore how you can use it to your advantage. It's so, it's such a different way of being with things because you are who you are at the end mm-hmm. of the day. And the more you have ease with being who you are in the world, like everything becomes more easy. True story. <laughs> you know, that's, that's the thing about it. The good, the bad, the ugly, even when something really makes my butt itch, <laughs> I have the tools to get out of it. And I found that my, <laughs> one of the, the, 
best things I can do for myself is to actually just stop and take a breath, mm-hmm. you know, and then what is this? What can I do with it? Can I change it? How can I change it? I mean, it's almost like I'm a deer in the headlights for a minute, you know, and somebody, somebody will say something that I feel like is really inappropriate, but they may not, there's your appropriate, inappropriate, appropriate place. Mm-hmm. They, they may not get it at all. And I'm like, wow, that is a really hurtful thing. And then when I put my walls and barriers down, I'm like, oh, they've been impaled to believe that that's actually a kindness or, or is expected or that judgment is actually, you know, something that this world really understands or whatever it is. I mean, I'm, I'm not going into any specific thing, but I can't tell you many times that I've been like, and now it's like my shoulders just melt away, walls and barriers down, expand out to the eight corners of the room, you know, or, or however far I can get. And it changes everything. It, it changes everything, right? I don't have to be the effect yeah. of it. It's like, exactly. oh, okay. You don't have to be the effect of it. You can, you know, you you start to be the effect of your environment. You know, if you're the person who um, can stay in that energy of question in a room, mm-hmm. you actually are the dominant person in that room. Yeah. And you greatness. Know, this, this reality teaches you that, you know, you have to grab something and figure it out and define it and conclude what it is. And that that's how you fix things or make things possible or whatever it is that you're trying to do. And it's just so much of what I've learned about myself and what I've learned about life really in creation is that, is the, is that everything that they taught you in school is either completely, completely incorrect or it's like the 180 antithesis of it it's like the opposite of of it i mean it's one of my favorite tools is to like you know to to recognize when i'm in conclusion about something and you know be willing to go okay if i if it wasn't what i've decided this is what would it be you know and Mm -hmm. just let that be you know in my world because it's like we're the ones that like we're the ones that build the boxes that we then like complain we're stuck in. <laughs> right. I mean, how many times have you been that. the greatest? Like, uh, big time. Seriously. I mean, how many times have you been the greatest in the room, but never as great as you? Cause you're like, Oh, I don't want to offend anybody. Or I, you know, it, we, we have I mean, this idea. Totally. Like we it's are our biggest, crazy. like, um, we could be our biggest advocates, but we also, most of the time we're our biggest suppressors. And so just being able to like, know that, you mm-hmm. know, I'm not, am I good at not doing that all the time? No. Like I still find myself, you know, turning down the volume knob, you know, or I can perceive when people think I'm a bitch, you know, am I like just fine with it all the time? No. You know, like well, I sometimes I feel like I have to defend myself or I have to say, you know, explain myself or whatever it is. And it's like, but it's getting easier and easier mm-hmm. all the time to be just like, you know, cause you can't control the world. <laughs> I know, you know that I song? Know us, I know a lot of us try, but you can't control the world. So you just like, yeah, we can't even control ourselves. Half the time. Yeah. Well, why? I mean, that's the thing. Like we really shouldn't be, having that as a target to control ourselves. Like, it's more like, what if you could go anywhere in the world, be present with yourself, be in the question and know that whatever shows up, 
you you can handle it or you can step into it or you can enjoy it or whatever is showing up but it doesn't have to be this controlled mm-hmm. thing yeah i was always trying to be that with my family car because i i'm one of six mm-hmm. raising a roman catholic family one of them broke out she's Mormon now she was doing her own thing six Mormon children's all the stuff and i was always you know that one where uh, mm, there were a lot of times where I would have the holiday and part of it was, I didn't want to travel, but you know, mm-hmm. to their houses or, or whatever, I don't know, whatever the things are. And now my mom lives with me. So all the holidays are here. Mm-hmm. And there I was, I found myself slipping into that whole thing again about being the perfect hostess and da, 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 da. And, and I, I, I had a, Oh, I had a moment, girl. My mom turned 90. Um, the day after Gary Dane's birthday it was so funny. Mm-hmm. And they were all descended upon the house with you know cots and all this stuff and i blew up i won't go into the details but it was really late at night and i had to be up early to teach in germany you know via zoom and uh <laughs> and i just lost it and then you know but i got that that it was better for me to blow my cap than to cut my arms and legs off and it was funny a few people just left you know because i went back to wherever they were staying um, everybody got really quiet around me. I went to bed the next day. I apologized. And since mm-hmm. that moment, it's like, I finally was willing to be all of me mm-hmm. and it's really different. Now people are helpful when they come, they actually put their dishes away. They're a lot <laughs> nicer to me. They're always like, do you mind if I blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's, it's really funny. I didn't know that that was going to get that kind of a reaction because mm-hmm. I was always that person that would always okay, I'm going to put up with it. Gary says, sometimes you do things you don't want to do because it's easier. Well, it wasn't easier. <laughs> it wasn't easier. Sorry. You also have to be willing to be whatever energy is going to work. Right. Too, you know? Right. And, yeah. it, you know, I'm thankful that I did that now because now I have a greater appreciation for my, for my siblings, you know, yeah. which is interesting because I mean, you never, it never shows up the way you think it's gonna, you know? <laughs> no, but I think that's the thing that, that, and it, to me, like, being because access, you know, constantly is shifting and changing. Like it's that's one of, the, one of the things I love about it is it's never the same. So it's like you could take foundation. Well, I do. I take foundation once a year and it's never the same class. Right. Yeah. It's like always yeah. very, very different. And so because it's constantly consciousness is changing and moving and, you know, and the whole purpose of access consciousness is to access more of your consciousness, you know, and it's, it shifts and changes for all of us. And so, you know, it's like, th- that's one of the things that I just love about it is that there's always more and there's always something else, not just to consciousness, but to you and to what you can create and what you can choose. And it's like kind of the sky's the limit. That's what the beauty about it, you guys. Cause the thing is, is you, you mentioned it earlier. I get bored if I have to do the same thing over and over again. And yet we're teaching this class that change like foundation. Well, they all do, but foundation every year we, we have, we take a global foundation class from the, the, from Gary and Dane, the creator and co-creator, and they throw out anything that doesn't read anymore. And then they add in all this stuff. And I mean, oh my God, it's, these last two global foundations. I mean, and then other classes, that foundation book, do you realize it's changed three times since the last global foundation? Three times I've had to rewrite it because, and I've taught it right after each time as I get so excited about it being new. And you guys, whoever shows up in the class, it's your class. So that energy is creating the class also. It's say, never the same. Like, it, that's what makes it so cool. It's like, 
every person, I mean, with my X-Men classes, like I love facilitating them because every single person that shows up to them is different. Like they, mm -hmm. there are no two X-Men that are the same. And so every single class is very, very different. And it's based on like who shows up, which is, I love that. I love that, you know, not only are they, they come to the table completely different. And then they also step into so many different things when they're in the class. It's such mm. a cool experience. It's such a safe place also, because so many people have made themselves wrong for their so-called, you know, diagnoses, yeah. <laughs> diagnoses, diagnoses. Yeah. You know, what do you mean I made ADHD? I remember I kind of avoided those classes at first because I didn't want to be that weirdo of magnitude, you know, <laughs> it's like with Gary asking you, but I remember, um, it was the beginning of COVID Christmas, 2020, and I'd never met Rachel O'Brien. She reached out to me because she was doing the, instead of the 10 days of Christmas, the 10 misfit days of something of Christmas. And she was mm -hmm. having each person read part of Gary's book, The Place, mm -hmm. and sing uh, a Christmas song and another song. And she gets oh. a hold of me like the day before it starts. And I'm, I'm on the last day of my, I've got another foundation day the next day. And I was like, well, I'll have to do it after I'm done with my foundation class. And and I rattled off all this stuff and she just started laughing at me. And I go, what's, what's going on? And, and she goes, are you going to be able to do this tomorrow? I went, oh, you want me to, you, okay, so I'm going to do this tomorrow. And she goes, wow, you are such an X-Men of magnitude. And I got a little pissed, you know, because I'd heard a little bit about it, but I didn't know. I just knew that I had this perception that X-Men were all over the place and all this stuff. And I'm like, no, I'm into form and structure. You should see my closet. All, I have, you know, 10 pink purses and they're by color order. And if you open my cabinets, all my cans are, but I realized that because I was such a fan of form and structure so that I could be as chaotic as possible. I knew where everything was. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know, I know if I put a sock a certain place that it normally is and I have to, I have to grab it and put it back where it's supposed to be. That's how ADHD, you know, and OCD that, that I am. And when I was finally willing to embrace it and see it for, for the capacities, kind of saved my ass. That was like that last little piece I needed to know about me yeah. <laughs> to make me okay with me. <laughs> you know? Exactly. That's the whole, the, that's the whole thing. It's like you, yeah. and then you can learn to use it to your advantage so that it doesn't become this just because your point of view does create your reality, which is one of the things we talk about all the time. And so mm -hmm. if you have the point of view that the way that you are in the world is bad or wrong, you're constantly trying to like avoid it or hide it or change it or fix it or fix you. And it's like, if you just allow it to be, all manner of things can show up. Yeah, yeah, true story. There's so a you... weird thing that shows up here that you're supposed to like, we have this weird energy of like, you're supposed to be like everyone else, except that no one is like anyone else. So it's <laughs> strange. Who even came up with that? But it's like such a not, it's not, like you it's it's like a, it's one of those things that you would you will constantly chase after but you'll never catch it yeah you can't there's there's no person greater than you thing. yeah that's a true yeah. story yeah. so you mentioned you have some classes coming up you may not know dates but i will i'm going to plant them underneath in the show notes so mention the classes you're going to have and we're not giving you dates right now people but. yeah yeah i mean the call i'm doing the appropriate appropriately inappropriate um call that's it that's actually a week from now so that starts oh. on the 16th 
Um, and then in the new year, I'm going to be doing a five part series um, with all of the X-Men tools that's going to be looking at like a ADD and OCD and dyslexia and all of that. Um, and then I'll be doing the two day and uh, one day and a two day X-Men class in February of next year, which oh, seems like part. far away, but it's not that far away. No, <laughs> I was like, no. oh my God, it's already halfway through November almost. It's crazy. It's it's so weird because so. I'm in a different country three months in a row. So December, then January, then February. And then in January, I'm also teaching a foundation in between flying in and flying out. And then now I've decided I'm doing the money workbook again because I got to, you know, got to ask, like, when are you going to do that again? It's so mm -hmm. funny. You got repeat offenders that just love doing that money workbook. And I love it because every time I, I don't know about you. But every time I facilitate that class, I make more money. And it's not just because people pay to take the class. It's like, yeah. you know. It comes in very non-linear ways. It's so strange. It's so yeah. strange. I got three checks in the mail the other day that I wasn't expecting at all for really random reasons. You know? It's just, I was like, okay, I'll receive that. That's nice. And then out of the mouth of a dog, a dog brought me $40 in cash. Just ran up to me at two twenties. I need for my dogs to bring me money in cash. Did you say in the bathroom? No, no, no. I don't have a dog. I was outside oh. taking my walk early in the morning. I like to get my steps in, and you know, listen. I listen to my recordings then, like Dane and whatever will be in my ear. And um, I talk to the bunnies. We have lots of bunnies in Tennessee. And this dog randomly runs up to me. And I'm, hey, boy, how you doing? And I pet him. He just, <laughs> and this money falls out of his mouth. And I'm like. Did that really happen? And I pick it up and I'm looking around. I don't see anybody anywhere. And I'm like, I guess it's mine. Thank you, Rover or whoever you are. And they just bound it off. Big dog. Awesome. I would. I will have that. I would. Yeah. That. So it was in the middle of teaching that class. So I was like, you guys are not going to believe this, because we did all these clearings to you know be the invitation for money, because you know money follows joy, and you know I don't think about. I just be and then money shows up <laughs> it's very, i feel so I happy about that it. yeah i love it too i love it for me well okay now this is called the choosing happiness podcast so i got to ask you cara mm -hmm. my listeners want to know what do you do to get you happy on i mean for i you. spend the time with my pack i call it like my my happy place is my pack, which is like I have two Dobermans and a Rottweiler and my husband. And like, that's what I do to get happy is I just be around them. You just notice so. that she mentioned the dogs before her husband. <laughs> just He's just one of the pack. He's just like me. I would mention the dogs before me. Like they kind of proceed. I've uh, seen so many pictures of you with your dogs and they are, I mean, they just melt around you. It's such a beautiful thing. My, my cat and I are, we have that relationship. My mom has a cat and I have a cat. They're, they're both 13. They do not like each other, but we totally communicate with them in an X-Men capacity. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll just say outside and she runs to the door and starts meowing. Yeah. And it's just, just a, a beautiful relationship I have with her 13 years old. I, I mean, I love being surrounded by animals. Mm -hmm. That's my happy place for sure. Same. I yeah. love it. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so, so very much for being a guest on the show. Pleasure. Um, Thanks for asking me. And I'll make sure that everybody has all your info so they can find you. I mean, you're on Facebook, Instagram, 
AC site, all the places, all the yeah, usual places. I have a website too. I, I'll get. Okay. I'll, I'll make sure you have it. Yeah. Fantastic, fantastic. So I love it so much. So, you guys, if you enjoyed um, this podcast episode, you know you you could hit the subscribe button below. And if you know anybody that this particular conversation could be a contribution to, why don't you share it with them? Especially if they ain't in their happy place, you know. So. Again, thank you. And thank you all of you for listening now and in the future. And until next time, ciao, ciao, y'all. Thank you so much for choosing happiness. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, share, and give us a like. And if you want more happy, subscribe to the Choosing Happiness membership where you can play directly with me, Rudrani Davy, the happiness lady. How does it get any better than that? <laughs>